Hi, listeners of Female Intern. It's me, Danielle. Um, I'm really excited to announce my first uh, affiliation, basically, with um, uh, with a local with a local business here in Brooklyn. Uh, it's called Nose Best. Nose like your nose, not. Uh, you get it. It's a pun. Knows Best. Okay. What is Knows Best? Knows Best is a proud POC woman and queer owned business based in Brooklyn. They hand pour 100% soy wax and toxic free candles with cheeky names like Mountain Daddy and Send Nudes. Right now, I'm I'm smelling the candle um, that's burning next to me, and it's called Big Spoon. And you better believe it's delish. Um, each candle comes with a curated Spotify playlist and cocktail recipe, okay? So the sophisticated homebody can just experience this party in a jar. Okay, so remix your senses with nose best candles. You fools. No, be, be smart. You should get these candles. They're so, they smell yum and you know, you're supporting real people. But the exciting part, now I'm really in the podcast game because if you order one of these candles, I got a discount code for you, baby. Okay, that's right. Female intern is the discount code. So if you go to Nosebest's website, you purchase a candle and you enter promo code female intern, all one word, uh, you're going to get 10% off your purchase. Okay, that's pretty cool. And I just, you know, like this is not Blue Apron. This is not ZipRecruiter. This is not a meal delivery service or a mattress company. This is like real people who work in Brooklyn, make candles, and are very cool. And, uh, oh, yes. How do you find their website? You can check out the link in the description of the podcast episode. I'll put it there. So, yeah, knows best candles. Promo code female intern, all one word, hell yeah. And you'll get a uh, 10% off uh, any purchase. Okay. Hi, guys. It's me again, Danielle. Has, has anyone seen uh, Madagascar where one of the lemurs is like, who is still making that noise? Oh, it's me again. Okay. Truly one of the best lines in cinema of all time. Uh, I'm going to start experimenting and just trying in my in my quest to become more and more like Mark Marin, uh, I kind of just want to start each episodes each episode with like a little uh, little chit chat. okay so new format alert. Okay, not only do we have sponsors, no, it's not a sponsor of the podcast, but not only do we have promo codes, we're also having uh, intro rants. So I think I'm just going to I'm just going to chat about some stuff that's on my mind, if that's OK with you for like a few minutes and then we'll get into the conversation. But I wanted to talk about skincare. OK, that's really what I want to talk about. I've been self-conscious about the way my skin looks for a very long time. Um, when I was in college, I that's when I first started getting acne real bad, okay? We're talking cystic acne. We're talking like ouchy mama, okay? It's coming in deep under the skin. You can't, you can't pop these guys. These guys are like subterranean volcanoes waiting to erupt and just wreak havoc on your face. And that's what they did. And for a few years, like I did, I did two, two tours of Accutane, okay? I was like, I'm not doing Accutane again. It's just too much. And and also, like, it can't be good for you. So I started trying to think of just, like, alternative ways. I was like, I don't think dermatologists know the answer, you know, to my skin. Um, of course, never one time considered just having acne, you know. 
I was not willing to just sort of live with it. Uh, but I'm still self-conscious about stuff, stuff being how my face looks, um, because my family, people in my family have always made a big deal about it. Even my grandfather, who uh, may he rest in peace, like the last few years of his life had dementia. <laughs> he was very um, perceptive still to like any blemishes on the skin. He would like point if I had a zit, he'd like point to my chin. He wasn't even very verbal at this point, but he like noticed zits, okay? Ultimately, it's my choice, right? To Am I going to fixate and prioritize this thing that I'm self-conscious about? Or am I going to just kind of live my life, try to make some behavioral adjustments to try to help my skin calm down, both to look better, but also just to feel healthy? So, yeah, my, my grandmother used to try to encourage me to wear makeup. And my mom used to as well. My grandmother would be like, everybody needs makeup, Danielle. OK, even you. Even you, you you need a little lipstick and some some concealer. Definitely, you could use some concealer under your eyes. You look very tired. You look exhausted. So I've just kind of always felt like, well, my face isn't good enough the way it is, you know. And I I resist makeup and I I don't like to wear it because I feel like I look better in it. And then I see my face and I'm like, uh, that's a major upgrade to what I was born with. I have no idea if this is going to be fun for anyone to listen to, but basically it's uh, helpful for me to talk through my, the things I'm self-conscious about. I need to figure out ways to not to fixate on my, my appearance. I mean, I just, I like the glow. Okay. Like I just, I like the like the color of the light. I did, I have a friend who <laughs> I like turned around and then caught her like trying to like lick the, the lamp. She was like, I just, I just wanted to see if it was really salt. Yeah. I, I was like, you, lick you've licked it? <laughs> have you licked a salt lamp before? <laughs> have you but, caught someone licking? But I would be the type yeah. to be like. Just like can sneaky, I like. Yeah. I would be Can the type to probably lick a salt lamp. Yeah. I would. I can't even. Your friend was probably bored and she was, her intrusive thoughts took over. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. We're all good. Now. We're all good? <laughs> Sick. Okay. Well, welcome to Female Intern. That's this podcast. It's mm -hmm. just a interview pod. Just a, you know, a chit chat. Mm -hmm. I like one-on-one -on -one time with people. Mm -hmm. um, I'm Danielle, the host. And today my guest is JJ Matisse. Hello. Hello. Hi, JJ. Hi. I I only met you fairly recently when you mm -hmm. um you did one of the Garlic Renaissance shows. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um and you had some good you had some good shit that resonated with me with me and mm -hmm. I, I won't like burn it here, but um if anyone's listening and hasn't had the opportunity to see you perform, mm -hmm. I highly recommend it. <laughs> All right, get your priorities in check, but I'm so glad you're here. I've Thank like you. seen you perform so many times mm -hmm. and I've just like, yeah, wanted to talk to you. Appreciate that. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, can you give me like a, just like some, some brief stats, like where are you from? When, when did you start doing this stuff? Uh, I am born and raised in Queens. Ooh, never, where in never. Uh, East Elmhurst, which okay. is by LaGuardia Airport. Like people, I have to say, it's right by the airport. I'm pretty sure one of the guys who lives here is from East Elmhurst. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's a, 
it's like people know about it, but don't know about it. If you say it by name, it's like you have to say the landmarks in yeah, it. Yeah, like okay, yeah. City Field, mm-hmm. uh, the airport. It's like, near yeah. other stuff you've heard of. Mm-hmm. Like okay, absolutely. But people just haven't heard of East Elmhurst. And um, how do was, you how do you feel about East Elmhurst? Like, do you feel connected I, to it? I I am very connected to East Elmhurst. Like my family, uh, we lived in a family home. Uh, I lived on a uh, block. 106th Street forever. Um, it has an infamous tire shop called mm. 106 and Tire. 106 and, and Tire. Yeah, if anybody didn't know where I live, I'd be like, 106 and Tire. Like, you live by 106 and Tire? Which oh. is like 106 and Park here. So people are like, oh my God. So um, <laughs> it's the 106 and Park of tire shops. But um, yeah. Uh, There's a whole tire based economy. whole tire thing going on over there. Um, but uh, it's the same neighborhood that Malcolm X lived, Louis Armstrong didn't live too far away from me, the it, house. Is that where his house, like the the museum is? Mm-hmm, oh, we've mm-hmm, been there. Mm-hmm, okay. Mm-hmm. It's, it's that whole Corona, East yeah. Elmhurst area. Um, if you cross the street, you're in Corona. If you come back, you're in East Elmhurst. So mm-hmm. it has that little little line there. Yeah. Uh, what zip code am I in? Yeah, <laughs> like I'm Corona, I'm in East Elmhurst. Mm-hmm. But um, never lived anywhere else but Queens. I, I don't Whoa. know. What Are you still in East Elmhurst? No, I'm in uh, Rico Park now, okay. which is... Uh, more of a predominantly uh, Russian Jewish area. Mm-hmm. Um, loving all the kosher food and snacks. It's mm-hmm. lovely. Mm-hmm. Um, I have been doing stand up for 12 years. Um, I started in like the end of 2010. Okay. So October is always my anniversary. That will be 13 years. Mm. Wow. And, um, yeah, the first place I started was in the Lower East Side. I did a show at the Laugh Lounge, which is now a dollar pizza shop. Mm. We need more of those. <laughs> we do. We need more. We do. We need always more. need more of those. And um, I remember it was like after a near death experience that I was like, "Listen, like if I, you know, wasn't here, what would have been known for? What legacy would I left here? I don't have kids. I don't. Yeah. You know, I'm super single." <laughs> Yeah, it was a like, what have I done? Like, I need to. What have I done? I need to do the things. What I have I done? Do. I've, I've I've had plenty of jobs at that point because I've, I've had a job for two weeks. So, flip burgers. Yeah, I've, I've sold space. Sold space. <laughs> I sold space. What uh, what is what kind of space? Um, it was like I used to work for a job fair company, and I would sell company space to come. Oh, put their booth in. Like it was booth space. I've had so many terrible jobs. Whoa. So, the experience made me think, like, what do you want? Yeah. What What do you want? Can, can I ask about the, the near-death experience? Sure. Um, I got hit by a car on New Year's, too. That's how I brought sick. in. Sick. Sick, right? Sick. That's sick. really sick. Sick. That's how I um, I was crossing the street drunk. Oh and I, like just like any other night mm-hmm. in New York City. But this one got the best of me. Damn. <laughs> yeah, this one got me. Um, all I remember, headlights are something serious. Like I understand <laughs> they hurt actually. I, your head. They hurt I your head. understand the deer in the headlights term more than anything because you're crossing and then you look directly in it and you're like, oh my God, what is coming towards me? Oh, an like, automobile. Not even enough time to process. <laughs> not it's just enough like, time. Uh, <laughs> just oh my god and I've always tried to talk about this experience on stage but people feel bad for me but oh my god I have so many of those <laughs> but my like really seriously I thought I saw it and I thought I cleared the car like I thought <laughs> I thought I I jogged enough to clear it and I was like I didn't clear it so wow. you know kind of waking up and like my first thought was like okay I'm here and like 
what do you want? Like, that was one of the first things that I thought, like, after the, I was like, yo, what do you want? And everybody's panicking around me, but, like, it was kind of silent. Did, did you wake up, like, in the, did you open your eyes, like, in the street? Or were you, like, brought street. to the hospital? In the okay. street, in the street, in the street. And, like, people, like, I feel like the camp, the, the point of view is, like, there's just people over me. Like, there's one person praying over me. And, like, there's another guy who's like, I saw the whole thing. Stay down. <laughs> like, that's for the lawyers, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Stay down. Stay hurt. Mm-hmm. I am hurt, sir. I'm, I'm very <laughs> No problem. Hurt. I'm very hurt, but I'm up, right? And then uh, I have my friend over me. She's holding my orange juice. And she's like, oh, my God. So, like, in that moment, even though there was so much panic and chaos around me, I was kind of peaceful. Yeah. Like, kind of not worried and it was just like what do you want whoa you you've got it's like i got woken up by something yeah i don't i don't know what it was but it was like you're 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 put here for a purpose yeah i feel like that's the the mortality check yeah you're put here why you not following your purpose like did you like had you thought about your purpose before or was this I, i think i was just here I don't think I really thought about my purpose. I was just here. You're, I'm doing the typical things. I'm, I'm going. I'm, I'm going to college. I'm doing what my parents say, but mm-hmm. I don't really like anything that I'm doing. I'm yeah. just doing it to be yeah. normal. Mm-hmm. I feel like I don't know what no. I. D- it's I not think, you, yo. I think I found out at that moment. I'm not. What is normal? I'm not meant to be whatever normal is i'm i'm meant to fight the norm mm-hmm. and create something new yeah and i felt that in that moment like everybody was panicking the whole night but i was just calm like they're like are you in pain i'm like yeah probably <laughs> like a lot yeah sure and but my thoughts were more on like what do you want wow mm-hmm. that's very profound so in that like what do i want moment it were you thinking about like performance in that moment or was it just the like the the sort of turning point? Like I have to look into this. I, I gotta like look it, into purpose. I feel like it was a turning point. My ears started to open a lot more to mm. things that people were saying and the things that uh so I got hit by the car January first, two thousand and ten. Damn. And I hit the stage October two thousand and ten. Wow. Yeah. So yeah. what ha- what was in between that? Um like the getting getting here. myself back to um I went through depression like my like <laughs> depression is always funny because this this type of depression I was in like honestly I didn't feel like I like I only wore sweatpants like and it was one pair of sweatpants I would wear it had a brown paint stain on it oh my goodness and my friend would be like you in your boo boo sweatpants <laughs> You and your, you and your duty sweatpants. I'd be like, yeah. Your duty pants. We we <laughs> we had a washer dryer, so those pants would be washed. Mm-hmm. I, I just felt like I did not deserve denim. That's oh how sad. Oh my goodness, <laughs> that sadness. That's I don't even sad. deserve real structured pants. I don't deserve pants. structure. I don't deserve denim to bless Mm-mm. this skin. Like I wore <laughs> sweat like I wore sweatpants for what is it? I wore sweatpants for nine months. Oh my goodness. And the first day I wore jeans was the first day I was on stage. <gasps> yeah. Whoa. Yeah. yeah. Just whoa. Just dragging it. I wasn't really speaking for months. Um, I was going through the why me or mm-hmm. you know, why am I here? That whole thing. Yeah. But I guess people look at depression sometimes as 
you know, this sad thing, but I think it's you're sad because you don't know yourself. Yeah. Yeah. You you're not there's, a, there's pain that you haven't yeah, processed. It's pain that I that I didn't process. And that was a new th- it was just so new to me. Like, wow, yeah. I'm sad. Okay. What are you gonna do about it? You can't do anything right now. You just have to just kind of feel sad. Feel sad. Yeah. And I was in a relationship at this time, really like with my boyfriend like looking at me in these sweatpants every day. I'm like, he's work. This is not good. <laughs> like, yeah. What was? Um, did you feel like? Did is that who you were living with? No, I was living with my parents okay. at the time. My parents were. Are my parents going through a divorce at this time? Maybe. Maybe my parents exciting were separated. Stuff. It was exciting. Exciting, was exciting. time. Exciting uh, time. My parents live. were separated. I remember because they had to come together at the hospital, and that's always like, all right, we had a kid together. Let's, yeah. Let's. Can they like hold it together and like be in the same room? Right. Um, But it was all these things going on at the same time. My relationship, I'm just kind of like looking at him like, like whatever. And everything was kind of blah for me until I stepped on stage in October. And um, I'm not going to say like I killed it or tore it down, but I did all right. Yeah. I did all right. I I think some, a lot of people are surprised like their first time they're like, oh, I made some people laugh actually. This wasn't like, horror right but yeah i remember calling my friends and <laughs> saying hey um i have a comedy show i want you to come to they're like you want me to come and sit with you to watch comedy sure i'm like no i'm performing they're like what you like you were just in sweatpants now you're performing <laughs> like, you were just in sweatpants life what are you talking <laughs> like about? sweatpants eating cheese noodles like oh God, yeah. you're on crutches like and now you're gonna go on stage yeah and my friends were super supportive. They probably wow. was just like, she seems crazy, but they, they showed up. I had I brought about the bringer show. It was a bringer you show. You know it was a bringer show. <gasps> okay. I started out at a bringer show and I brought about 22 people. Oh my God. Yeah. You're loved. Brought about 22 people. And like I guess I didn't I didn't kill it, but for the most part, I was like, okay, I can do this. Yeah. And of course there was a lot of time in between shows. Sure. But I had to listen to that. People just kept saying, yo, you're really funny. You should do something with that. And I'm like, I should do something with that? What does one even do? And and you know what? I went to Google. I said, I'm funny. What should I do? And it was like, comedian. And I was like, what? Me? Comedian? And I was like, how do you be a comedian? I think I still had asked Jeeves at that point. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I asked Jeeves. Were you a big consumer of comedy? Like, is comedy something that, like, meant, like, was important to you? Like, I'm I'm curious how you, what, why did you choose stand-up to, as opposed to, like, I don't know, karaoke or something? Great question. Great question. Um, I remember growing up, like, family time, a lot of it was watching comedy. Whether Mm. it was... It was raw, nasty, whatever. You just act like you don't know what's mm-hmm, going on, mm-hmm. which I didn't a lot of times, but it was family time. Like yeah. it was like there was no yelling, there was no fighting, there was no there was no chaos. It yeah. was just we were sitting down as a family laughing. And that's what I could really remember coming up. Like comedy time was was family time. Whether we're watching the Chappelle show, whether mm-hmm. we're watching sitcoms, like comedy was really big in my house. Yeah. Yeah. Are your family members 
is is everyone kind of funny? Like, do do you guys like everybody's do bits a, or joke everybody, around? No, they're not, they don't know they're doing bits, but everybody's a character. Yeah. Absolutely. My family's full of characters. I have three siblings. Mm-hmm. Uh, Where do you fall in the... Oh, second. Okay. Second. So second, second okay. always... Like, you're not first. You're not really the middle child. So you kind of still have to fight for your yeah. second place space like, like i matter yeah <gasps> like I, I felt like it was a lot of that growing yeah. up like hey, hey look at me <laughs> i'm i am here look at me <laughs> like, <laughs> hey me too like mm-hmm. so i felt like i was doing a lot of that during my childhood but comedy symbolized peace in my house and wow. i really didn't connect that until i really got into comedy and until i really started doing it and i was like man i i can make people forget about their problems yeah yeah, I that's can, power. Like it is power. It is a kind of the moment you realize you can control people <laughs> with your words. You have a grave responsibility to this world. Are you going to use it for good? Or are you going to use it for bad? Because a lot of comedians, we can start a cult mm-hmm. if we wanted to. Exactly. Like, do I start a cult? Do I, you know, slip some in people Kool Aid, mm-hmm. or do I use this for the greater good and? I decided to use it to bring people together rather than tear them apart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Damn. Mm-hmm. Were there specific performers you felt like you were maybe emulating when you first started out? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Dave was mm-hmm. like, Dave was like the man. Um, I've, I used to watch a lot of black female comedians. Yeah. Uh, the Monique, like, the Samores, the... You know, any yeah. there's a lot of women who would just like go up there, big boobies and take their wig off, and I'm mm-hmm. like, that's so brave. Yeah, like, like, and I'm watching this as a kid, like, wow, she just went up there and took her wig off, like the braveness. And I just feel like women have come so far in this industry as far as respect our material. People, people saying, "Whoa, they they have something to say." They're and actually funny. People are listening. Mm-hmm. People for a long time we've been fighting for people to listen, and now they are, and this is our time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Yeah. Hell but yeah. Uh, Dave Chappelle was the favorite in my household, and of course, before Instagram or anything blew up, we we were quoting Dave Chappelle. Like the yeah. Chappelle Show was one of the biggest things um, in my time, Uh, the Waynes brothers, Martin. Mm -hmm. um, I was emulating all those people because at, and and it's, and it's no matter, you know, when you start as a comedian, you're going to emulate somebody. Of course. You're going to, you're going to do what, what you think people want to hear. Um, You haven't yet found your voice yet. I don't know. Like everybody will admit like they're like your first five years. You're like, what? (laughs) Yeah. What? Yeah. I've listened to like enough um, interviews of like comedians or or performers, artists who I really respect, mm-hmm. who have said like your first three years, your first five years, just like enjoy the shit out of it. It's like the weirdest time. Like you don't know anything, mm-hmm. and so I've been trying to really be like, let me internalize all of the humility I possibly can, and just like be okay being weird at this, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and that feels very freeing in yeah a way. it does yeah it does um the it's still gonna have an effect on your self-esteem because you're like i i went up there and i was weird mm-hmm. but <laughs> totally <laughs> but we're progressing mm-hmm. in our weirdness people are starting to like it mm-hmm. and you do have to go through those weird points to find your voice yeah like we're so afraid 
I feel like social media and comedy has put too much pressure on looking at what the other person is doing. And I and the advice I constantly give to people is like it's quality over quantity. Like, yeah. oh, I want to do a hundred shows a year. Okay, but like do you Good have <laughs> do you have ten minutes of material? Be honest with yourself. Yeah. Be be honest with yourself. And and when I started I didn't know what other comedians were doing. Yeah. I, I just knew what I was doing. I was mm-hmm. focused on myself and I'm still focused on myself. Yeah. And, and I think that's what kills us a lot of times as artists is that we're looking at what the next person is doing and thinking yeah. like, that's what I should be doing. No, you should be paying attention to yourself. Yeah. And no, getting better every day. Compare and despair. Mm-hmm. It's very real. Very mm-hmm. um, almost like seductive because mm-hmm. it's just, it's like permission to just stop trying. Yeah. It's like, well, they're better. They have more clips. They whatever. They right. got passed at whatever club, and it's like, okay, so now I don't have to try. Like that's come on. It's that pressure, and I didn't have that pressure when I first started because I didn't know, and I was yeah. okay. And I and I say this now to people because that that any comedian that comes to me for advice, I was fine not knowing. Yeah, like I was. I don't know, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you find people are coming like coming to you as like oh yeah for like mentorship? Oh, or? absolutely, absolutely. Um, last year I started consulting because I'm like, okay, <laughs> pay me. <laughs> I was like, uh, okay. I realized what I'm saying has some importance to it, um, I'm and I'm sorry, but I do need to charge for my time at this point because I I. I'm giving all this stuff out. Yeah. <laughs> and people are looking at me like, please help. And yeah. I'm like, no, you can't pour from an empty cup. No. You know, I was pouring <laughs> from that. Wallet. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, that's going to be boom, boom, boom per hour. If you want to talk to me, mm-hmm. sure. And like, I consulted for a little bit and people don't want to listen. Oh, people don't want to listen. They're like, even though you had this much time, I'm going to do what I want. Go ahead. Okay. It, but still, uh, here's my cash app. Mm hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. If you need me, I'm I'm here again and I just share my gems with them and I just make sure they feel supported. Yeah. And listen, even if you don't know, you're still on the right path. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like people resist the advice you have because it's like uh is it like holding up a mirror and they sort of mm-hmm. have to reckon with mm. like, oh, I'm really not facing this thing. Mm-mm. I'm and people don't want to mm. do that. <laughs> that, yes, because I had to face myself at some point. And yeah. when I tell people that, they're like, no, I'm perfect. It's like, okay, sure. Keep thinking that. That's keep thinking. Wild. Keep thinking you don't need to learn. Keep thinking you don't need to grow. And, you know, if you want to learn the hard way, sure. I've learned the hard way. I'm just trying to tell you so you don't have to learn the hard way. But if you yeah. would like to, go ahead. Are it, can you think of anything in particular about like learning something the hard way? Ooh, Jesus, everything in my life. <laughs> um, it doesn't have to be comedy. I, um, I was not. I did not listen to my parents. Like my parents would tell me stuff, and I'd be like, "You guys are liars. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are liars." And like, I'm just not a listener. Mm. I, so I know what it's like for people to not. Listen, um, anything in particular? Let me see. Um, it's, a, it's a huge, that's a huge question. So, <laughs> um, um, <coughs> college, 
um, I didn't listen to my parents about college. Like, uh, I have a degree, but my school doesn't exist anymore. So let me explain this. <laughs> yeah. My school does not exist. Mm-hmm. Some fake stuff. Um, I, they definitely targeted me. Like, I remember they came to my school in 11th grade and was like, listen, you don't have to try very hard. Come, join our school. And I was like, sign Great. me up. They was like, you don't need SATs. And I was like, that sounds amazing. That's tight. That Let's do right. it. And I went home and explained it to my parents. They were like, this doesn't sound good. Real. Yeah. They were, I was like, but I don't have to try hard. Please support me. And they were like, we're going to support you, but this doesn't sound good. Like, it's like, oh, but I'm doing the thing you'd want me to right, do. I'm going to college. like, And I want to go for graphic design because I saw Shrek once. And, <laughs> and now... I want to make Shrek. Like <laughs> I want to truly Shrek. my decision. <laughs> that's so in good. a major was based off Shrek. That's like, powerful. Like I was like I want to go and make Shreks. They were like oh that's graphic God. design. And <laughs> I have a degree in making flyers, which is cool. Um but my school dissolved after a while because wow. they were like money laundering. Sure. They figured out their targeting scheme that they would target a certain type of kid in a certain mm-hmm. type of area mm-hmm. <clears throat> and bring them to the school. So, yeah, that was, I did not listen to my parents. And now I have a bunch of loans from school that doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> That's, you should not have to pay loans to a uh, school we're try- that doesn't exist. Yeah, we're, oh, we're, my God. There's a whole case with it and a whole oh, thing cool. going on. Okay. But, like, it's been some years now. Yeah. And they're like, so you going to pay these back? Like, no. loans remind you, like, you made a decision to educate yourself. Yeah. Now you got to pay it back. Why did I do that? <sighs> yeah. Exactly but, was I trying to do? Yeah. Shrek. I was trying to do Shrek. Absolutely. But, wow. you know, I give it to my parents, too, because I know I was not an easy child to raise. Because mm-hmm. it was like, I tell you to do this. And I'm like, no. Even though you're you're looking out for my well-being, yeah. it's a no. And <clears throat> were, you like a, were, were you like a troublemaker? Or just kind of? I would say a rebel. Not mm-hmm. not that I would create trouble on purpose. Um, and I didn't know why I was so, you know, not wanting to follow. Just like go a, against the grain. Like, yeah, I didn't understand for a very long time until at the age of 33. Somebody was like, you have ADHD. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, Damn. I'm, right. So... Once so I got many the women diagnosis, I know are like learning that about themselves. It's wild. Right. Um, as to why you did the things you did. And it's such, it was such a relief. Yeah. It, it was, it was such a relief. Um, my parents, I feel like ethnic people are not as into mental health, but we're coming into a new that people are like, oh, okay, people do have issues. People, we do have to be sensitive to certain things. So, I did have to tell my parents this day, like my dad was like, it's all in your head. And I was like, that's exactly where it is, dad. Mm -hmm. All right. Have a good night. Mm -hmm. We're not going to talk about it. We are on the same page. We're on the same page. (laughs) It's genetic. So one of you are responsible Mm -hmm. for this. Let's be clear. It came from one of you. This is your fault. You did start it. Probably came from you. (laughs) (laughs) Because you were very quick. You're like, it's in your head. Yes, it is. So... You know, after that, my parents are just, you know, they're very supportive of me now. They're, it's not like they went and Googled it, but, you know, uh, other siblings of mine, another sibling of mine recently got diagnosed too. Wow. So we talked and we were like, who do you think it came from? Right? <laughs> <laughs> who, Let's figure this out. Because it's, it's two out of four. Yeah. <laughs> 
Wow. At this point. Yeah. So, yeah. Wow. And, and now, you know, I don't, I don't want my parents to feel bad. There's nothing they could have done differently, but <clears throat> I just feel like if I got a diagnosis earlier, would things have been different? Probably. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. I, but I, I guess that that's also kind of related to you trying to give people real advice, like mm-hmm. based on like, hey, well, if I had known this earlier, mm-hmm. I would have done this this thing differently. And they're like, no, no, <laughs> I don't think so. Like, okay, I don't. I'm I, answering your question. <laughs> you are paying me. What? Mm-hmm. 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 I'm like, okay, you want to find out the hard way? I understand yeah. that. That's okay. How, how did the diagnosis come about? Oh, whew, pandemic. Okay. Um, our world slowed down. It did. Uh, we had to be with ourselves and it was, I didn't realize it would be the scariest thing for me to not have a stage, not have a platform, not be overworking myself to avoid myself. Mm. It was like, I don't have a job. Like for once I was let go from a job. I didn't quit. Like I used to quit. I'd be like, you're not going to get the best of me. I'm going to quit. But, um, I was actually laid off during the pandemic twice from the same job. Oh, I didn't. Even, I was like, twice you rejected me. Oh God, twice that hurts. Um, it was really bad the second time I got fired because they left a voicemail and I didn't listen to it till two hours later because I was asleep. But anyway, um, <laughs> the pandemic and sitting with myself and really saying like this is my situation, it, it I fell into another depression and I just took responsibility i was like you need help yeah you your thoughts are getting dark the intrusive thoughts are taking over you're Mm -hmm. not taking care of yourself yeah um are we back in sweatpants mode we're back in sweatpants mode we're back we're 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 back in sweatpants mode we're 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 smoking our face off yeah which we're just back to back joints Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it's not doing anything you're Staying up for 48 hours. What's mm, going on? Yes. Um, I was going through manic episodes, which I which I didn't understand then. Wow. Um, being up for days, yeah. hallucinating. Yeah. Uh, not eating right. And I just woke up one day and was like, help. We have the internet. Yeah. Where do I go? And at this point, you're on unemployment. So you have the best insurance because mm-hmm. you're the poorest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not really, not because this pandemic unemployment was very nice. But yeah. you know, you have the insurance now, and every th- I learned that therapy is at your fingertips now. You don't have to go anywhere. Yeah. So it was. I never like paperwork, so I just haven't been getting things done. But the process was so easy for me to pick. You know, um, a therapist and just talk to her on my phone every day, and she. She was a breath of fresh air for me because like, and I and I really do say this in my stand-up, the first two sessions, she was like, yeah, you have something. And I was like, oh, excuse me? <laughs> I didn't, how did we get here mm-hmm. so quickly? She yeah. was like, yeah, just in our 30 minutes, two 30-minute conversations is all I needed to tell you that, you know, all the things you're feeling is ADHD and you're going through manic episodes. You're up for days because it's just... You're lacking uh, dopamine, and I'm like, what? What? Who's that? 
Yeah, right? Dopamine. I was like, drugs? I'm like, I'm like, I'm not lacking any drugs. Mm-mm, we got that. Take those. And she was like, no, like your brain needs constant stimulation. Like she's like, think about the decisions you made. Think about the stuff you've been doing. Think about, she was like, do you like being bored? I was like, I hate it. It hurts. She's like, exactly. It hurts you Damn. to be understimulated. That's why you <clears throat> date the way you date. You work the way you work. Uh, she was like, when you say work the way you work, are you talking about um, like day job or stand up or both? The, yeah, the the way I'm <clears throat> burning myself out constantly. Uh, I see. Okay, I didn't understand burnout. Yeah, I just understood working. Just go, go, just go. just go, 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 and. She was like, you hit a wall. She's like, you keep hitting the wall and you keep trying to work yourself out of it. And she's like, that's not it. You have to organize your life better. She was Mm. like, you know, your your brain is disorganized. Like, so you have to work harder to do a lot. Yeah. Um, And that was kind of a a new beginning for me because I'm like, Oh my God, now that I know, I can catch myself. I could not make the decisions, like a lot of the reckless things I'm doing. I, yeah. Like, <clears throat> because honestly, with ADHD, you don't know sometimes when to stop. Like, you don't yeah. know when to stop drinking. Yep. <laughs> like, you have no cap. Yeah. You could, you don't know when to stop doing, ca- you can take in more caffeine than any human being. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. I just, I, I down five matches. And it's only 12. I know someone now who is like, he's like using caffeine instead of like Adderall. (laughs) It's like trying to use, Mm -hmm. it's like coffee is is, is my medicine. Um, It helps me like, it helps me with the dopamine thing, Mm -hmm. like with the motive, like that helps me like get the motivation to like Mm -hmm. do the task I need to do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, and someone like me, like I get, if I get caffeine in my system, I go to sleep. It doesn't, it doesn't keep me up. It, it, it gets me to. Like I guess rest. Yeah, interesting. And people are like that's really weird. I'm like, but it's the it's that's the my need. brain. It, that's my brain. And I have also stopped explaining myself to people. Um, friends will still ask me because once you find out you have ADHD, you're pretty hyper focused on it because mm. it's it's a part of everything you do. Yeah. So then when you try to explain to people, I'm bored and it hurts. They're like, but you do so much. You just did six shows for a night. Yeah. And you're underwhelmed. I, to the regular, what is it, neurotypical person? Mm-hmm. That's insane. <laughs> that's insane. If I tell yeah. people, what is it? My sa- was it last night was Saturday. My my night was, I did, I did six shows, and still went to a birthday party and got home at seven a.m. And people were like that's that's crazy that you still had you you did six shows, still went out, yeah, and then came home and was still up, yeah. That's not human. That's your brain. That's, That's my some brain. brains. That's my brain. That's yeah, what some brains absolutely. are. Absolutely. Yeah. And it also it helped me understand my comedy better. After Ooh. I got the diagnosis in the pandemic, I feel like I truly found my voice. <gasps> oh my God. Sit just monologue about it. Truly, truly found my voice because now I'm understanding my brain. People always told me on like you're really great, but like I jump, I would mm. jump, like topic to topic, topic just to topic. subject subject. Like okay. I would say something funny over here, but I would never finish the story. Uh-huh. And like I would watch myself back and be so embarrassed because I'm like I can't. 
stay on one path. I can't tell a story. There's greatness there, but I'm unable to tell a story. But as soon as I understood my brain, now I'm able to tell the story in my way yeah. properly so people can, can truly understand me. Um, and it, how, how? How do you, like, what are, I don't know, how have you, what are some ways that you, like, reapproached either writing or the or the performance? Like, what were you... What guidance were you giving yourself Ooh. to like deal with? Um, like, okay, well, I can't tell a story, but I want to be able to. So, what, right. do you, what do you do different? So, I was making things up. Now I'm not. It, and the reason I'm jumping is because it's not true. It's not real. Whoa. It, it, it's not real. So it's like it, it's not coming out the way I want to because it's not. I'm not being transparent. Now I step on stage and I'm vulnerable. I'm transparent with mm -hmm. myself. And I know what I'm saying because it's real. It really happened. Whether I embellish some parts or not, mm -hmm. this really happened. So yeah. there's nothing for me to be anxious about because this is really who I am. Yeah, you're not going to like lose track of the lie. <laughs> no, I'm not going to lose track because it's true. I I've really gone through these things. And so many people are like, I... I, you're my spirit animal. And I'm like, really? <gasps> they're like, they're like yeah, I I relate to so many things you said. And it's just because I started being honest with wow. my comedy. So, so until like 2020, 2021, you, you feel like if you like look back at your sets and, mater and material, is mm -hmm. it like, does it feel inauthentic? Yeah. Yeah, it wow. did. It did because I, I could see me searching I could feel it like yeah. you're you're searching for you don't know what you're gonna say and I always used to have to like drink before I go on stage because it's so much anxiety to feel unprepared yeah. and I don't have to feel unprepared now because it's just I'm just being honest yeah I'm just being that myself. seems like a massive like a pretty intense paradigm shift mm -hmm. which is mm -hmm. like just very like that's very impressive mm -hmm. like to kind of put yourself in a new paradigm yeah. and like follow through the word follow through for me to say to say that I've actually followed through with something is incredible because yeah. it means progress because I have not followed through on so many things I've yeah. started yeah and comedy is truly the one thing in my life I could say I truly have followed through on yeah like didn't follow through on college. Didn't fo like just just mm -hmm. you know didn't meet the bar on a lot of things. But this to learn that your diagnosis is you only want to do things you're interested in is like oh it makes sense now. Mm -hmm. This is something I love and something I'm passionate about. So I'm not going to flop and and be inconsistent with it because I truly found something that I'm really interested in and I can look in the mirror for the rest of my life and say I'm happy you're doing this. Yeah. I'm happy you're doing this. So when you like pre-pandemic mm -hmm. JJ stand up mm -hmm. kind like not very true to yourself um yeah, or I can't just, even remember. I can't even remember my sets like that before the pandemic. What were you what was it giving you? Like, what were you getting out of stand-up? Validation. Like, oh, they're laughing, I'm funny. Mm-hmm. Okay. That was it. I wasn't getting anything else. I was just getting validation. 
And my career was on the come up before the pandemic. And then once those shows started to get canceled, it was just like, who am I? And I believe I'm getting to a point where whether or not I'm doing stand-up, I'm still me. Mm. That doesn't take anything away from from who I am because I thought that it did. Who am I without this? I'm still JJ. Yeah. That as it doesn't make a difference. People will still love you. People will still support you, mm-hmm. even if you're not doing stand-up. I was doing stand-up for acceptance before the pandemic. Okay. I need people to accept me and... I don't feel like I need that as much. Yeah, anymore. you can self-validate. Yeah, I I accept me. Mm-hmm. Real shit. Huge. <laughs> huge. <laughs> huge. Oh. Kind of kind of huge. Huge. <laughs> and I'm Damn. right now I'm I'm realizing it in this moment, like, oh shit, you accept you now. So now my material is like, if you like it, you like it. If you don't, walk out. I really don't care. Yeah, it's 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 not going to be for everyone. I'm not for everyone and not everyone's for me. It becomes easier to be okay with not being like universally validated. Ooh, the self, the ability to do it for yourself. Yeah. Like oh, I'm, I'm going to give you a show and work my ass mm-hmm. off and you could collab or you could frown. <laughs> and, and I'm okay. And I'm okay with that. I was not okay with that before. Yeah. If it was not a good show. Like if you bombed, it was like, Oh, uh, Oh, uh, oh, devastating. Uh, uh. And then finding out ADHD or uh, rejection sensitivity is a part of it. Mm. You don't do certain things because you don't want to be rejected. Yeah. Now I'm just like, all right, I'm rejected. It's fine. Yeah. Because because you know what? I'm going to get up tomorrow. It, it's outside of you. Like you can't. The rejection or the acceptance of like externally you, you, that can't be your responsibility. It's not. You can't control it. There's mm-hmm. just no world where you can control it. So being fixated on it, it's like you think you're in control of people's reaction. You think you can like manipulate a crowd into like laughing and being on board with you, but mm-hmm. then that's not true. And Mm-mm. that's not... Yeah. The, the legends that we see in comedy are real. Mm-hmm. They're very transparent with their story. They're like, mm-hmm. I do this. I'm taking accountability for this. And when I started to take the accountability, things just felt different. Like they felt so different. Like I could do, you know, four shows a night and three of them, I got like crowd cheering and and standing ovations. And then the fourth show, people stare at you. And it's like, it's okay. And it's like, I'm okay with that. Yeah. Like, I'm okay with that. But JJ, three years ago, would have not been okay with that. She would have wow. let those feelings of they didn't like me consume her and yeah. then cancel shows. Yeah. And, and then make up excuses. Yeah. And then make up excuses as to why I'm canceling shows. Oh, I'm sick. I am sick. I'm, I'm, I'm physically sick because I'm letting my insecurities take over my mind. Yeah, you're internalizing all mm-hmm. this insecurity and it mm-hmm. literally hurts. Mm-hmm. It does. It hurts. It does hurt. And not a lot of, again, not a lot of people are going to understand that. They're like, it was one show. And it's like, but it was, it was one show. But it was, it hurt my feelings. <laughs> yeah. I Because I think like in a, aside from just like the intellectual processing of it, like, oh, I bombed. And now I have to like think about that. Mm-hmm. There's also like an emotional, like 
nervous system kind of response to bombing or to to not feeling validated, to mm -hmm. feeling rejected, mm -hmm. right? If you're if you experience rejection and that kind of and you're used to being like for that that feeling of rejection sort of triggering like fight or flight mode, mm -hmm. then you you just associate rejection with like that intense like like cortisol in your body, like mm -hmm. just feeling really stressed and intense and, and like uncomfortable and like dysregulated and mm -hmm. not grounded at all. Mm -hmm. And I don't think any of us are really taught to like pay attention to our nervous systems. So you just are in this heightened, like holding on attention and all your muscles and like not even aware that that's what's happening. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, like, I, I don't know. Once I was able to sort of separate the, like my ego interpreting the bomb versus like, oh my, of course my body doesn't like, <laughs> it doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel warm when like people aren't laughing, mm -hmm. but I can like recognize what the set, like what those physical sensations are mm -hmm. as like, yeah, it's a, it's a literal like hormone response. And, and you hit it, you hit the nail on the head, separate your ego. Yeah. We as performers and standards were so ego driven that it'll drive us to the wrong things. It'll drive us into the drinking and it'll mm -hmm. drive us into the drugs because we feel we're not great without these things. And it always hurts me to hear someone say like, if I don't do drugs and I'm not funny, I'm like, that oh is my dangerous. People say that about depression all the time. Well, like if I'm not depressed, like what am I gonna make jokes about? I'm like, babe, oh no, 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 no. What? I thought that way too until I started to watch myself back and I'm like, you are so toxic. It's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> like I was like, this yeah. is what you're telling. This is what you're telling people. That's truly what I was. I was like, this is what you're telling people to do. You're telling them to cheat on in their relationships. You're telling them to just be terrible. Like you're you're not, you have a voice to tell people to do the right things or to tell people your story. Yeah. And you chose toxicity because it's fun. And I remember one day. And this is a comment I'll never forget from an audience member. She said, I really loved your set because it wasn't triggering. And I was like, whoa. Thank you for that. Yeah. She's like, we did not. She's like, a lot of topics comedians talk about, it can be triggering to your audience members. And we're not thinking about that because we're just, this is what we wrote about. This mm -hmm. is what we're going to talk about. But the fact that it was like, I appreciate that you... I could just laugh without feeling triggered. Thank yeah. you. And I was like, I'll never forget that. Wow. That's probably the most important thing anybody has ever said to me. Like, I just went home and thought about it. Like, the whole day. Like, okay, wow. Did, we're did we're that, on a good path. Did that make you reflect on, like, the substance of what you write about or talk about? Yeah. Mental health is what I talk about a lot now. It's It's really you know, my main focus and talking about family and just experiences yeah. that, that I've been through. Like, a lot of times people will talk about their family in a bad way. Yeah. But I'm presenting them as the characters as they are mm -hmm. and the things that I've learned. Not villains. No, just not characters. Villains. Not just characters. They're not villains because, you know, I've learned, again, take the accountability. Like, mm -hmm. our parents did their best. Mm -hmm. You can't blame them yeah. for your whole life. Like, because yeah. my, my dad, because my mom. Yeah. Let it go. Let They did what they knew, too. Ooh, let it go. I'm really trying. <laughs> really trying to let stuff go. <laughs> and, and, and as you get older, you, you, and my mother told me, 
you'll never know until you have your own family and know, mm. your own kids, the sacrifices that had to be made to, yeah. so you could come in this world yeah. and be okay. And I'm like, you're right. Because looking, we, you look up to your parents as their gold until like they disappoint you one day and you're like, you disappointed me. Mm-hmm. And then you realize they're human too. Mm-hmm. They are going through their own stuff too and raising us. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah, you can like start to notice, and then you notice how they were parented, and you're like, "Well, that all starts to." Then make you meet sense your grandma. <laughs> then you meet, meet your grandma. grandma. <laughs> and grandma's kind of bitchy, right? So. And then you learn about their parents, and it's like, "Oh, so okay, so we've been passing." Oh, it's been pa- okay. It's been passing down. I so see. We've been passing on generational trauma, and now we're the generation of our parents that are like. Let's be more aware of yeah. our mental health. It's it's now up to us to be like, all right, our parents couldn't do it. Yeah, but we can heal. We right. can try. We can work toward right. healing. There, there was never a conversation in therapy in my house. Now it's like there can be conversations about it. Yeah. It's very taboo yeah. to, to, to get help. Yeah. Um, especially like, you know, as a black person, people... We, we don't trust the system because mm-hmm. the system has done yeah. us wrong. Why would you? <laughs> right. Right. It's like, you're going to take my thoughts. Yeah. You're gonna, you, I don't know what you're going to dissect me for this. Also, like, I'm thinking of, like, culturally, cla- like, yep. pop culture's, like, image of a therapist. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm I'm a black woman. I'm supposed to go to, like, Cheryl on the Upper West Side, <laughs> right. who's, like, wearing beaded. Like, wh- right. what's she going to tell? Right. Just believe in yourself. Like, so, you know, you, it's like bullshit. I can imagine. Right. I imagine that would feel like. The feedback I get is like, bullshit. so you tell somebody your business on purpose? And it's yeah. like, yeah. why would you do that? And it's like. Because I'm mentally ill. <laughs> Ill. I need help. I need help. I need, so it's either I sit here and be mentally ill <laughs> or be vulnerable. Like, which one? Like, yeah. <laughs> like, And I've heard the feedback of, you know, oh, I've gone to a therapist. They abandoned me. It's like, they probably, it's not abandonment. They probably felt like they couldn't help you with what you yeah. needed to be. Or you needed to move on to another yeah. mental health specialist. It's like, again, there's no excuse. It's right here at your fingertips now. Yeah. I, I think, and I, I think I used to... I don't know, have some of this myself. Like, well, I'm ne- if I never find the perfect therapist, then I'm never going to... Like, like putting it all on who the therapist is. And it's kind of like, it's this um, codependent kind of mentality of like, mm-hmm. I need them so I can heal. And it's like, no, you need a competent professional mm-hmm. so you can heal. I don't know, I'm on Medicaid now and I see a, um, like a psychiatrist for free. He's he's, yeah. a, res- he's a resident yes. at, at Kings County Hospital. And that's how I started. I was on Medicaid and and I, I was just like, it's free. Yeah. It was free. Yeah. And he, he I only see him for like, I started with one and then he graduated. Like he was a resident and he mm-hmm. left. So mm-hmm. I was like, I had to, br- like we had to break up, mm-hmm. you know? And then with this therapist, this is like the best therapist I've ever had. I feel like he calls me out on stuff mm-hmm. and like really forces me to like, <laughs> oh, I noticed you're doing that thing again where you're a huge cunt to yourself. And I'm like, hey, you know what, Connor? <laughs> I really, I, I don't know if I should not say his name, but um, <laughs> I, I know that like in five months from now, he's going to graduate and like a, a breakup is pending, you mm-hmm. know, is, is looming in the mm-hmm. future. And it's been really, I'm like, this is going to be painful. Mm-hmm. It It's going to be hard. I have, I'm going to have to find a new person, build up a new relationship with someone mm-hmm. and like build up trust. And, but it's also a really important 
like exercise in independence mm -hmm. and like, okay, well, how badly do I want to be okay? Mm -hmm. And am I going to just like, yeah, get, okay, let's give me the next student. Let me just keep working through, keep working through it. And it's like, I, yeah, I, I want to encourage people like, oh, the, the, it's great to have a good therapist, but it's not the whole. It's not the whole thing. It's not the whole thing. A lot of it is on you. A lot and of it is on you. You learn that this whole thing is about you not coping. Yeah, you're not coping. Ugh. We're not. <laughs> if we're not coping, then we're not living. Because mm -hmm. there's, you're always on survival mode. because yeah. you're not coping, and I didn't realize how much I wasn't coping. Yeah, like. This is to teach. You cannot just teach yourself to cope with your pain. You need a little help. Yeah. You need a little assistance. Yeah. And the call out, when my therapist would call me out, I'd be like, whoa, she called. <laughs> she sees through me. Yeah. Oh, my God. She, see she sees through me. And she was always good at being like, stop. You're lying. Mm -hmm. Let's answer. Let's try mm -hmm. to answer that question honestly. Mm -hmm. Because this is not going to work. Yeah. If you're a liar. Yeah. I my therapist just called me out. Um, I think two weeks ago, mm -hmm. um, where basically I, I had another breakup with like a, a professional breakup with my work partner. Mm -hmm. um, very amicable, but we're kind of we're going in different directions, and mm -hmm. a lot of it was like she could see that I was being like a lot more energized and just a lot more invested in like in comedy, in art, in performance mm -hmm. and stuff and like less in our in our partnership. Mm -hmm. And I was kind of keeping us stagnant because I was like giving more to my own thing than to the partnership. Um, and I was talking to him, you know, therapist about it and I was like, yeah, I think I've just been um, really resisting the reality that I really love comedy and want that to be my life. Um, but I just don't believe in myself that I can like make it happen for myself. So I'm just like, well, let me do this other th other side thing. Um, and he was like, yeah, I mean, you've certainly resisted saying that here. You know, you, I, of course you've wanted that. And you've never, you never have said that out loud here. And I'm like, oh, he's been noticing that I've been like in denial. Mm -hmm. um, and that, yeah, for a second I was like humiliated. And then I was like, no, this is helpful. <laughs> this is going to help. This is, every, every little bit helps to yeah. be, whew, the honesty with yourself, it's, it's not an easy path to come to, but it just relieves a lot. Yeah. Yeah, somebody called me out. Yeah, it's like, oh, got me. But it's like, this is for the betterment of myself. Yeah. I think also certainly a lot of people who are not not yet on some kind of path toward healing mm -hmm. kind of like conflate um, self-deprecation with mm. being honest mm. with yourself mm. like oh well if i'm like a bully to myself and i like say that i'm a piece of shit and i don't do this and i don't do that like mm. that's honest mm -hmm. like no that's no. mean mm -hmm. that's mean mm -hmm. you one can be the, honest and kind one of the most important things i learned in therapy was that your your brain and your body hears you. Yeah. You, it hears you talking to yourself. Mm -hmm. Stupid, stupid bitch. It hears you. Yeah. <laughs> that's Oh, that's why my chest gets tight. And I feel like I'm sweating. I'm literally sweating when I'm like mean to myself. Right. I thought it was, for some reason, I thought it was two different parts. Like, yeah. he, he doesn't know. Like, no, your whole body knows what you think of yourself. Yeah. And it's going to act that way. Yeah. If you don't like yourself then you're, you're going to do all the wrong things. You're not going to eat healthy. You're yeah. not going to be in a good space. Yeah. Like, and the talking to yourself better is so important. 
It's so important. There's so many of us who don't talk to ourselves the way we need to in order for us to create. And yeah. like I learned it was certain foods that can make you talk to yourself badly. Mm. It, I was like, food too? <laughs> I know. Food? It's all uh, all things. It's so food? irritating. So I can't just have bacon <sighs> and eggs and 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 tortilla chips and salsa <laughs> it's gonna make me depressed damn damn dunkaroos make me depressed that is that's <laughs> devastating yeah Truly um devastating. i had a friend uh you know he he ate twinkies and he was not feeling good like he <laughs> it was not a good day and i was like you ate high fructose corn syrup yeah, yeah it's gonna get to you it's it's gonna get to you so it's so important to eat right meditate mm. To not a lot of us are gonna make it to that point. Yeah. But if you want, I know I want to be here to to tell my story. Yeah. So it's like, if I have to force myself to be better to myself, then so be it. Yeah. Like if that's the one thing I have to force myself to do, so be it. I'm not gonna be good at it every day because no. I'm not. I am not. I fall off and I'll eat mm-hmm. Doritos. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah, do we want to live an entire life without Doritos? Like, no, no. that no. can't be the goal. I can. <laughs> it's too. It's too sad, and also like not realistic. Pringles, you know? maybe, but yeah. not Doritos. We don't need Pringles. Get those out of here. <laughs> Pringles, get. It. We don't need that. What even, like, what, what even is chips? it? Pringle? Right. What even is it? What is it? What's it made out? What of? is it? Potato, like right? Yeah, right. <laughs> it's too curved. It's too perfect. Mm-hmm. I'm skeptical. <laughs> Pringles need to go. They really do. Is is comedy uh, where you find a lot of like a sense of community, or are do you have close? Are your is your support system? Maybe it's both. Like, oh, it's people I know from comedy, but mm. also people just from real life. I don't mean to say comedy is not real life, but um, civilians. Yeah. Or, so my friends keep me humble. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they go, everybody else is like, we're going to keep it real with you. That's mm-hmm. what my friends do. Yeah, They're like, we're not going to treat you like JJ here. Absolutely not. We're going to treat you like Jasmine. Because mm. that's who I am at home. Mm-hmm. I am not JJ. They're not. Ooh, did you change it? I did change my name um, it, into my career. Absolutely. Okay. Um, I started off as Jazzy J. It was so corny. And it was not me. And I I did like a... This is, I did a numerology report mm, where it tells cool. you to put in your name, your birthday. Yeah. Uh, so I put in, you know, my full name is Jasmine Matisse Johnson, right? That's, don't don't look me up like that, okay? <laughs> so that's my full name, and I put it into the numerology report, and like, it's it's oddly very accurate and scary. Yeah. Uh, but it told me there was weight on my last name of course probably because it's a slave name like johnson is like one of the most popular <laughs> yeah johnson <laughs> washington it's oh, like okay Jesus. let's add, right Adams. i understood let's that, that out. <laughs> and like my first name didn't really like describe me but the matisse uh mm. my mother is she's artsy herself yeah i was gonna ask is she a big, my mother's super, big fan yeah she's big fan of art and I'm the only child that has like named after like I'm a Ninja oh, Turtle yes. like I'm yeah like, <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Like, like she's I'm the only child she she says she felt like I would be artistic 
in her stomach. Wow. She said she just felt it. <gasps> like the rest of my brothers oh, and sisters. Oh, that's so cool. That's so cool. That's yeah, so cool. The rest of my brothers and sisters are like Kyle's and Alexis <laughs> and, and Alexander's. Yeah. I'm the only one that's a Matisse. So she felt I would be different. So that's what she named me. And wow. the numerology report told me they was like, with this name, you can achieve great success. Mm. So I still wanted to be addressed as JJ. And I put the Matisse in there and I came back on stage and I was like, this is my name. And I honestly didn't know I was built. I didn't know it was kind of androgynous until um, I, I got like references like to do shows out of town. And I remember I was in L.A. and, you know, I told, you know, went there and I was like, I'm here. I'm J.J. Matisse. And the booker came out and he shook my friend's hand, who's the guy. He's like, J.J., nice to meet you. And he was like. Mm-mm. This is JJ Matisse, and he was like, "You're a, you're you're a girl." And you're I was a like, "Girl." And I was like, "Last time I went to the bathroom, yep, that's mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. it is. I'm a girl." And he was like, "You're a girl," and I was like, "Yeah." The more you say it, <laughs> doesn't it, it actually stays the same? Really change anything? <laughs> and I didn't realize what I did until I started getting certain opportunities, and I would show up and people like, "You're a woman." And I was like, <laughs> Yeah. So sorry to disappoint you. So sorry. And you should have looked me up. Yeah. Uh, but that, um, you heard the story of Jamie Foxx. No. So Jamie Foxx, um, there was like an open mic he was going to. It was just females. They wouldn't let him perform. Mm. They wouldn't let him perform. They wouldn't let him perform. So he put his name down as Jamie Foxx. And they announced him. And he came up on stage. And they're like, you're a man. And he's like, yeah, absolutely. And he from then on, he just used Jamie Foxx. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because it gives people no room to kind of jump to conclusions. Like if yeah. they think you're a, a man or a woman, they just don't know. So it's like, they're not going to cheat you on your money. Yeah, They're going to give you what you deserve because they don't know you're a woman. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I'm closing wage gaps mm-hmm. here. I didn't even, <laughs> Good. I didn't even know that's what I would do. But yeah, uh, from then on, uh, J.D. Matisse was born. My mother loved it, of course. She's oh, like, you don't awesome. use your middle name for anything. And I was like, I don't. And I ran it by my mom and she was like, I love it. When did when did you become, like when did the stage name become J.J. Matisse? Ooh, I believe I changed my name to J.J. Matisse. I feel like it was five years ago. Okay. No, it had to be more than that, like six, six years ago. Okay. Yeah, six years ago, I changed it. And yeah, I just, it just felt, better yeah <laughs> i just felt like it speak it spoke to me more as an artist like jazz like when people find out i'm a jasmine they're like you're a jasmine and i'm like yeah they're like that's weird and i'm like is okay it, <laughs> is it um but do you, do you prefer do you prefer to be like it like in in conversation how mm-hmm. do you prefer to be addressed like, like jj or, or jasmine? jj friends jasmine Mm-hmm. That's how I know their family friend. Like I like I associate by what you call me as to like, did I meet you in high school? Yeah. Jasmine. Has anyone course. like started as a JJ and worked their way up to Jasmine? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I'll be like, if, if that's what you prefer. But if I'm in a comedy setting, like, and my friends will be like, Jasmine, and then like people will turn around. It's like a it's really like a Superman thing. People go, oh, that's your name? <gasps> Whoa. Like they found out something about you. People yeah, feel like now yeah. they, they have something on you. Now that they yeah. know your government yeah. name, mm, it's yeah. like, 
like you lifted a mask off. Yeah. Now they feel so privileged that they're like, oh my God. Yeah. I know that about you. Yeah. I get, I get, I get that feeling. I'm like, oh, that's really your name. That's your name. <gasps> this is huge news. <laughs> right. <laughs> but even if comedians find that out, they'll still, ad- they'll still address me as JJ, but they know, they, like, but they know, they know, they'll say, <laughs> um, a couple of them has said like, oh, I know your name now. We're close. And I'll be like, we are. Sure. That's 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 fine with me. But my friends, when they come to shows, they, they and they say to Jasmine, they're like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Right. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. But it is how I, you asked me earlier, like, my support system. <sighs> the comedy community is so supportive. Mm-hmm. For, like, the... My friends are supportive. And like I said, they keep me super humble mm-hmm. because I can be uh, it very into myself. Mm-hmm. Um, why not? But there is such a major, major support for me in the comedy community. I am sometimes so overwhelmed by their support, but it overwhelmed in a good way because I don't even, I don't even know people like me like that. Like I, I, I didn't know. So I got a couple of shout outs like Alex Babbitt one day. Alex, I don't know if you know Alex Babbitt is one of, you know, my greatest supporters. He just put up, you know, like a post and he was like, if I was to, you know, do a show at Madison Square Garden one day, I would have JJ Matisse open for me. And I'm like, amazing. Wow. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. But you know, comedians tore this apart. Actually, sir, you would be opening for J.J. Matisse. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We don't have to attack him. But either way, even though it became a debate, <laughs> even though it became a debate, yeah. I just saw how much greatness people really see in me. Yeah. I, I didn't realize that I was the comedian's comedian. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. I, I, I didn't realize it, it, it's nerve-wracking, too, because... They'll be like, you're going on next? And I'll be like, yeah. Okay, I'm going to come in the room to see you. And they'll all come in the room to see me. Eat. And I'm so nervous. I'm like, it's the same stuff. They're like, yeah. still want to see you. And I come off stage and they're like, you killed it. The way you did this, this, this. They really pay attention to me, which is super yeah. scary. Yeah. Super scary. Yeah. That they Being pay. Seen. Oh. <sighs> it feels so good and also they're terrifying. Oh my God, I'm terrified yeah. at the same time that... I am seen like a lot of us work our work you know our lives work we want to be seen we want to be known for something and but but you want to like control what the image is and control the perception and you can't yeah but when people are like I insist that I continue to see you and Mm -hmm. I really still like what I see and it's just like well I mean (laughs) okay right they'll put a post out of nowhere uh they'll call me stuff like the goat and I'll be like, please don't do that. I don't want to be addressed as the goat or, yeah. or, or the baddest in New York city because I'm, I'm in my head. I'm just like, I'm still working yeah. on myself. Yeah. You're not trying to like, uh, present this image of like final product, no more growth needed. <laughs> I'm the best. It's like, uh, you know, you, you want, you don't want it to appear like you are, just being hijacked by your ego. Right. It makes me nervous. Yeah. It, it, it truly makes me nervous because yes, I have expectations for myself, but 
other people also have expectations for me too. And that is scary. Yeah. Because you don't want to let them down. Yeah. You don't want to let people down. It's like, you're a woman too. So you're paving the way for other women. Yeah. And oh, they're like, and off stage, you're super positive and polite. Like, it's just how I've been taught. Like, my parents were like, be polite to people. Yeah. Like, be kind to people. Do not be mean to people. Like, don't. Like, they're like, say hello to the kid that's nobody saying hello to. Yeah. Eat lunch with the person yeah. that, that is alone. Yeah. It's got me some weird friends. Yeah. <laughs> You're weird as hell. You're eating lunch alone. But, but those are the people I'm interested in mm-hmm. because they have a story to tell. So I get, I guess for a lot of my peers in the com- comedy industry, I'm kind of a mystery to them. Mm. And they're they're very interested in how I got here and what's my story. Yeah. And it 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 just it makes me happy, but at the same time so very anxious. Mm. <laughs> do you do you get do you ever get caught up or does the like status in the community or like in the professional side of it, do you feel like that like motivated by or like I don't know does that figure into your like motivations or whatever the opposite of motivation is um feel like discouraged like I don't know do how do you stay focused on yourself as opposed to like that person got this or I have to get I have to get booked for this or mm-hmm. like Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know how do you, how how you kind of just stay. <sighs> this this is a yeah. I I feel like it's a lot of us looking at what the next person is doing, and I. <sighs> the only game I have one game on my phone, one game, solitaire. Okay, one game I play solitaire over and over, because it is me versus me, mm. and it reminds me that. It's very corny, but I am my only competition. Every time mm-hmm. I feel like I'm getting like, I got to do what this person's doing. Solitaire. I play solitaire. It's a, we- wow. it's a weird thing, but no, I play that's... solitaire to remind me it is you versus you. This is this is not a race because if yeah. you race, you're not working on yourself. Yeah. And I truly am so passionate about this craft. Mm-hmm. It's Comedy is so sacred to me that I don't, want to do anything to ruin it yeah so once i start to focus i'm not saying it's necessarily the wrong things but to but to focus on other things besides myself i just have to remember again it's just you you have your peers they're they're doing what they're meant to do they, they're on tv they're on comedy central your day will come mm-hmm. um your day will come i went I, I know this is all related to this but i went to tarot card reader couple months i was booked in new orleans and i was like this is the place of voodoo i i want a tarot card reading right i want to oh yeah and i asked him am i in the right career path like what like well like is this the right for me he was like yes but you don't have enough patience to complete it and i was like Mm. no like like i feel like they tell you what you you need to hear that's as of right now. It doesn't mean that's the path. Right. It's not fixed. It's not fixed. But for him to say to me, I won't have the patience to complete the journey. In my head, I looked at him and I was like, no, you're a liar. 
Yeah. I have already been doing this for 12 years. It's the only thing that I have committed myself to in my life. I haven't committed myself to a relationship or anything else. Yeah. But this is the only thing. So to tell me I'm not going to have the patience to complete this task, I am not going to let that happen. And that statement that he said to me Mm -hmm. keeps me grounded as well. Yeah. You will have your time. That's so real. You will. I've seen comedians in this industry get their break within the first two, three years of their career. And they come to me and they go, JJ, I'm going on tour. And I'm like, remember to not burn yourself out. Remember, mm-hmm. you haven't, I'm not, time is very important in comedy. Mm-hmm. And this is a time-based goal here. Yeah. Time is super important. And if you haven't taken the time to take this journey, you're going to get offered, you're going to get an opportunity where it's going to show your years. Yeah, yeah. I tell yeah. people all the time, they're like, I got Comedy Central. I'm like, okay, but they're going to ask you to do more. They're not going to just keep asking for this 10 minutes or this yeah. 8 minutes. They're going to ask you for yeah, 30. can you keep delivering? Have you can done- you keep delivering? They're going to ask you for 30. And it takes some time to develop a really good 30. Yeah. That you have not had time to develop. Yeah. You're in your first three years. You haven't even found your voice yet. Yeah. But somebody saw you. They liked you. But remember, they're going to ask for more. And I've seen so many people get here and get knocked down right back to you. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, like it'll show, like you said. Like it Your will years show. will show. It will show. And all these things remind me to stay focused mm-hmm. on taking a day at a time. Yeah. I really don't like the politics of comedy. Yeah. It's not It's not something I'm a fan of. Somebody definitely said yeah. it to me like, JJ, you don't want to be passed at, this, at, the, at the stand? I'm like, hmm, it happens, it happens. Yeah, like I'm not going to say no, but it's not like a... It's not a real goal. I wake my... up and I look in the mirror and I'm like, you will get passed at the stand. Yeah, <laughs> like, <that's, right. laughs> you not... will get passed at the stand. Especially if I don't like the energy of something oh, man. or me being... The person that goes against the grain, if everybody's doing it, I don't want to do it. Yeah, if everyone wants to, yeah. Ew. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ew. Ew. Everybody did yeah. that? Gross. <laughs> I'm not an individual I'm not now. I'm not a normie, okay? Right? I'm Sorry. not a normie. And I, I find that, I really find it. I'd be like, I try not to show it, but I'd be like, that's not cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're following everybody. Yeah. Like, we're supposed to be leaders. Yeah. We're speakers. We're supposed yeah. to cre- be creating things, new things. And, you know, people... A lot of the questions is like, JJ, why aren't you here? Why aren't you? Why aren't you paying attention to yourself? Mm. You worried about where I'm at? Yeah. How about I'm fine. Keep your eyes on the road. <laughs> I'm completely fine. Like yeah. I'm enjoying yeah. my craft. Oh, that's beautiful, and I only hope you continue to. That's right. Like, I'm, I'm as you should. But once we mark this as work, we stop enjoying our passion. Mm. I never want to stop enjoying this, ever. Like, I want to be able to do this as freely as I can. And once I start, again, doing what everybody else is doing, then it becomes a job. Yeah. And I never want this to be a job. I want this to be my freedom. Yeah. Yeah. I want this to be my my, my freedom, my, my therapy, my relief. Yeah. This is what I want to be. And if Comedy Central and people want to give me millions of dollars to be on stage, sure. Cool, cool, sure. Great. That's cool. Yeah, I mean, I'll, t- I'll look at the contract. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, I Like, of course, the goal is, like, you want to make money off of this to live. But still, even if I don't make enough money off of this to live, I'm still going to do it. Yeah. I, yeah, I, don't, yeah. I don't care yeah. about that. Yeah. 
That's really inspiring. <laughs> like you. that's just very your humility is like very obvious. Like it's just very apparent. And um yeah, I don't know. I like heard a 26-year-old dude the other day be like, I'm just really frustrated. Like comedy's not like moving faster. You know, like I really want and I was like, oh my god. Like it was hard not to laugh like mm -hmm. are you serious <laughs> what do you like, think you are exactly like the entitlement it just feels like you're so um you like cherish oh opportunities yeah. I, to do this and, you have to love this yeah and i tell people if you don't love it get out now get out it will swallow you up <laughs> yeah it will i've seen yeah. so many people come and go you have to love this it's not easy no it is not easy but i love getting better and that is my main focus every time I step on stage is to get better and when I have consulted that's the main thing I told people focus on getting better and the opportunities will come mm -hmm. the opportunities will come focus on being a storyteller focus on yeah your punchlines focus on what you need to focus on and people will see you yeah end of speech yes <laughs> people yeah. will see you like yeah it, do you, um, I'm not trying to be like categorize yourself and put yourself in a box, but mm -hmm. um, how, what have you discovered about your voice and like what your voice is mm. or is not? Mm. Mm. These are such abstract questions. No, it, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a beautiful question. Um, people, Love my voice before I loved it. Mm. I didn't understand how soothing and people are like, yo, your voice is really nice. And I'd be like, what? Because growing up, I would pick up the phone and people would think I'm my brother. Like Ooh. I have been like, I feel like I have been, had this stamp of masculine girl on me my whole life. And I kind of hated it because I'm like, I'm feminine. Like, yeah. like what, what the hell? Like, yeah, I'm feminine. I <laughs> he just, love pink. I don't like, <laughs> tight clothing but I'm yeah. feminine like yeah. please understand that about me but you have to love again all, like whether people that's people's opinion of you it doesn't have to be your opinion of yourself and that's definitely something I had to get past and I, I started to love the way I sound and mm -hmm. um, that's one of the things I realized about my voice that it soothes people um, I and I realized like I do have a certain delivery like a like a like finally have a cadence. Yeah. Like that. You'd be like, that's, that's, that's JJ. JJ. Yeah. That's JJ. And that's, that's so cool. What we work for yeah. as artists for somebody to be like, yeah. that's you. Yeah. I, like from the moment you hear it, that's you. That is really freaking cool. You don't want to sound like anybody else. We're not working to sound like somebody else. So that's when people will ask me like, did you see this comedy special? Did you see this? I didn't see any comedy special. <laughs> I didn't see a comedy special because I don't want to. Sometimes watching something, you can emulate something without even knowing. Yeah. Oh, totally. You even when you're like around people, like the slang they use, like yeah. you just start talking like other people. Right. Right. I've been creating my own slang since high school. I had a different hey. word every week. I didn't know that it would come into this, but yeah. I always had to create my own words to explain myself. And I could make I a that. word out of anything and i also realized that my comedy like 
and my voice is super op- observational. Like I could pick anything out of a room and just create something off of it. And people are like, "Do you realize that's amazing?" I'm yeah. like, "Do you realize it's just a part of my ADHD?" Yeah. Like, <laughs> do Do you realize yeah. that my amazingness comes from like an obstacle? Like, mm-hmm. like it's not. I'm transforming that into right. Yeah. It, it's it's times where. There's this weird thing where you have like God mode days. Yeah. Like where Ooh. you're. Where oh my you're, God. Talk about God mode. Oh my God. God mode days are amazing. But they are followed by. They are followed by. You kind of hit a wall. mortal. <laughs> they are followed by the God. You're just like, whoa. God mode days. Where yeah. everything. Everything that's coming out of your mouth, it's like, ha, 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 every single <laughs> thing. I'm like, they love every single thing I'm saying. Because, again, there's a cadence to this. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, they're he, they're like, oh, my God, who is this girl here? They're on the ride, like, for the energy. Like, you, th- your energy is locked in. My you, energy you is anything. so, it's so powerful that, again, I am having an outer body experience looking at myself as I'm doing this. And I'm like, wow. Yeah. You're really awesome. Mm-hmm. But then two days later, it's like, you're a, you're a piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, you are you can't write. <laughs> you're phony. Imposter syndrome. It's mm. all of that. It's yeah. like, I feel so great. And now it's like, I'm an imposter. I don't deserve this. I don't, why are you guys giving me so much credit? Like, yeah. That, that is, I don't even remember what I just did. So <laughs> I just... I realize I'm going to have this constant fight with my brain, but I'm up for it. Like it's it's yeah, it makes it, me who I am and it makes my voice. It it just it makes it. And the moment I stopped fighting it is when I was aware yo you you're you're great. <laughs> and you're only going to get better. Okay? <laughs> Are you cool with that? And I'm like, maybe I'm cool with that. I, th- I, th- I think I'm cool with that. Today, yeah. I'm cool with that. I mean, I guess that sounds good. Yeah, tomorrow, I don't know. But today, I'm cool with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I've, I have found it helpful to think of, um, to just try to, like, um, frame time as, like, cyclical as opposed to linear. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, there's there's break God down, mode, there's God mode cycle. Like me. there's you you go in God mode cycle, and then you go into like, or you're you're in a very like fertile cycle mm-hmm. where like whoa, all the, like I, all, so much material, like so much new production creating. Yep. So like your mm-hmm. creative energy is mm-hmm. like peaking, mm-hmm. and then there's more. Then there's a fallow period. There's mm-hmm. a fallow cycle where you're like, oh, I, I'm not writing anything, and it's like yeah, you can't just constantly be writing stuff. Can't. That's not real. You want it's just that. not real. It's not real. It's not real. And so to, it has given me some permission to like, yeah, sometimes I'm going to be bad. Like sometimes mm-hmm. I'll have bad days. Like mm-hmm. that's how it is. That's how it is. Like mm-hmm. that's how the cycle goes. Mm-hmm. It's like there's good and then it comes back around to bad, but there's going to be good again. Um, as opposed to like trying to just like run straight ahead, like climb, 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 achieve, achieve, achieve. And then mm-hmm. every time you fuck up, it's like you're knocked down again as mm-hmm. opposed to just going in a around in a circle and like maybe it's getting bigger and like richer and better. But mm-hmm just as opposed to just like climbing like just like just like you know just forward momentum as Mm -hmm. opposed to like grow and then reflect you Mm -hmm. know grow and then move to step back and and like 
Yeah. Gr- there there has to be like balance. There has to be both. Grow grow and reflect. That is very that is very profound because it's like I feel like I, I sometimes in this cycle of like grow and then like neglect myself. Yeah. Like, like yeah. I did I did some work. I'm good. Mm-hmm. Now we can Yeah, you you have to do you have to like metabolize the the like fallow period like the the mm-hmm. part where where you're like oh I'm, I'm i'm a piece of shit it's like you have to like actually name and acknowledge like no okay i'm i'm in one of the slower cycles i'm in mm-hmm. the slower part of the cycle mm-hmm. right now like i just i need to slow down mm-hmm. i need to recognize and acknowledge that i have to slow down if i don't and i just i'm like oh whatever i just feel like shit and I'm just like waiting to grow again. Like you don't, you miss out on like the opportunity to like actually integrate what you what you learned when you grew. And mm-hmm. I don't know. You got to reflect. You do. I, I totally agree. And I just got out of one of those last night. Like I just really what yeah, happened? I was just January is just slow for comedy. Yeah. In general, like things slow down. People spend money. Everybody has to regroup as a society mm-hmm. financially. Mm-hmm. So restaurants and businesses and comedy, they're usually slower in yeah. January. Bookings are slower. So now I have to deal with I'm I'm not having as much shows as I'm used to. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm probably having one every five to seven days, which is not really normal for my schedule. And, you know, then I then I get squirrely. Yeah. <laughs> get yeah. all squirrely because I'm not on stage. Mm-hmm. And then I go on. I went on stage one night, and like I was just like, "Oh, I'm tired of these jokes. So tired. Yeah. Like people love them, but I'm tired of these jokes. Yeah. And it's like you want to say your new material, but it's like you get stuck, and you just go to what you know. And I've been going through that for two to three weeks now, and like also being nervous about other comedians watching me. I'm like, Mm -hmm. oh my god, they always come into the room and watch me. Please go away. Please leave me alone. Please leave me alone. Right now, I'm in an artistic I'm I'm in my process. I need you to leave. And I'm really nervous about it. Like, I need you guys to not be here. (laughs) And they're always there. They're like, I came from my house just to see you. Why? No. Why would you do that? Why would you do that? Why would you support me? Now I have to be great. Yeah. And... I did a show last night, and like I said, I feel like it was God mode. Like, I feel like I had, like, a God mode day. Hell yeah. From the moment I stepped on stage, it was like, ah, laugh, laugh. Yeah, yeah, everything, yeah. Every, every word, I was just like, wow, what the, wow, okay. All right, you're out of your rut now. Because then, it's like, now I had the courage to do the you, new stuff. You get boosted up, yeah. like, high enough where you're yeah. like, okay, I can, like, afford to, yes. like, take yes. a risk. Yeah. And I took the risk and it worked out. And oh, I was like, yeah. oh man. Risk is good. Risk is good. <laughs> yeah. I'm feeling good to take the, you too have to feel good to take the risk. And I was not feeling good yeah. for three weeks to take the risk. Yeah. I had people like, listen, you'll get it. And I'm like, but you got, Yeah, no, you, but you did. You did I get there. I did get it. Hell yeah. I did. I didn't believe I would. I really, and people don't know how you're feeling before you go on stage. I was not feeling good. Yeah. I was not. I was just not. I was like, oh, like. Not feeling good, but as soon as somebody announces your name, turn mm. it on. It's like it truly is your duality. Like I tell people, you are two different people. Please mm-hmm. understand that. Yeah, the person on the stage got to be confident. They cannot show fear. Mm-hmm. You you cannot be yourself. You can be yourself, but do not be yourself up mm-hmm. there because you cannot let people see that. So 
it's like, and I explain this to people when you, before your name's announced, there's like this airiness that comes over you. Like you can feel, I can literally feel me step out mm-hmm. and go, here's JJ. JJ cocky. JJ is cocky. Jasmine is not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But JJ, she's a different animal. Yeah. So I feel like seconds before JJ pops and just moves Jasmine out the way and goes, move with your insecurities <laughs> and you're second guessing yourself. It's I'm here now. Yeah. I'm sure of this. Yeah. And uh, I love it. it I, yeah. Such a relief. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. But OK, great. I love that you like you got over like that risk hurdle and it's going to happen again. But. You're in that part of the cycle where you're like, no, 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 I did it. And it's it's safe to, to do this. It's safe to do this because people, and this is where I get anxiety about being put on this pedestal. Yeah. People don't think I go through this. Right. People, people Guys, JJ's a human, okay? <laughs> Stop the lies. People, people don't think I go through this. I'm like, no, I go through of course, this. Of course, yeah. Of course like everybody do. else, you guys look up to me and I thank you for that. But yes, realize that I'm a human. Yeah. Like I am a human being, and and I don't, I don't want to disappoint you guys with the fact that I'm human. But I yeah, am. but like I am human, so just understand that disappointment is 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 part of it. That's, it, it has to be. It is. Ooh, it weight is. off the shoulders. Ooh, and I had to be, I had to be okay with that too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we we've sort of come to the come to the end of the conversation mm-hmm. or of the studio time, but um, where can people find you? Oh, um, of course, I procrastinate and I haven't had a website yet. Oh, great! But <laughs> I'm very active on Instagram. Great! I always answer my Instagrams. Um, you can find me at JJ M A T T Matt. I did I just do that wrong? Okay, you can find me at. <laughs> <laughs> J-J-M-A-T-T-I-S-E. Not exactly spelled by the artist. Two T's, one S. Um, you can find me on all platforms at that. YouTube. Okay, v- two Vimeo. T's, one S. Okay, good to two know. Two T's, one S, yeah. Know, People usually know. do one T, two S yes. for the artist. And I know uh, Microsoft Word automatically corrects it. It's fine. Okay. But um, J-J-M-A-T-T-I-S-E. You can find me on all platforms. Two T's, one S. Yes. Go freaking follow JJ. Appreciate it. Thank you so, so much for for coming on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, you're welcome. (laughs) All right, Connor. 